I'm Mike Simmons, and this is the Yearbook Wise Podcast. Well, hey, friends, and uh, welcome back to another episode. I, uh, I'll confess, and I shared this in my last episode, uh, my wife and I were off to Hawaii for uh, winter vacation and uh, a little bit of self-care time. I came back uh, and on Monday had to dive right back into school. Uh, you know, woe is me. And uh, I had absolutely no idea where I was going to go this week uh, with an episode for, uh, for all of you. And um, literally on my drive home, or just before my drive home, I should say, about two hours ago, uh, recording this on, on Friday, March uh, 1st, uh, a thread cropped up on the Yearbook Network, uh, one of the Facebook groups of uh, Yearbook Advisors that I'm a part of. And uh, a, a good friend and an, an amazing colleague, uh, Brenda Ward-Field up in Chicago, uh, posted a question that we'll, we'll get into uh, in the podcast. And it promptly sparked a, a thread of, of Me Too's. And yes, we're seeing that here as well. And so I reached out to uh, one of my good friends, Margie Raper, uh, advisor at Highland Park High School down in uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, who had chimed in on the thread and said, hey, do you have some time to talk? And uh, what follows is, uh, is essentially a, a breaking news episode of uh, the podcast. Uh, so what follows is my conversation with, uh, with Margie. And um, there won't be uh, any, any outro kicker on this. So I'll just uh, remind you that uh, if you wish to be in touch, if you want to follow up with some of the stuff that we talk about in the podcast, you can reach me at iteachyearbook at gmail.com. And uh, as ever, you can share the podcast or uh, send us a shout out on Twitter at, at yearbookwise. That's yearbook, W-H-Y-S. I would absolutely love it. And I would be so grateful if you would jump over to uh, Apple iTunes and leave a uh, rating or review over there, uh, that helps the, the analytics and the algorithms and the whatnots and, and more people uh, find us and, and join the audience. Uh, so it'd be great to have you uh, have you there. Uh, on the back end, we make note of our friends down at the Student Press Law Center. Uh, you can find them online at splc.org, also at splc on Twitter. They are absolute all-stars. And uh, Margie and I wrap up our conversation with a little bit of our work with the SPLC in the nationwide New Voices movement. But for now, uh, here's my conversation with Margie Raper of Highland Park in Dallas, Texas. When you have multiple Google account or Chrome accounts and you log out and you keep trying to log out, but it keeps wanting to go back to the other yes. account. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's maddening. Yes. So that's basically what's happened. I've got you in an incognito window now. And so it seems to be good. Brilliant. Hey, so listen, thanks for making this work. You win the prize for fastest uh, <laughs> con concept to conversation for the Yearbook Wise podcast. So thank you. Oh, nice. Well, actually, like as soon as like that, I read the message, I went, oh my gosh, you're going to sound like such a yokum. <laughs> oh, not a bit. No, 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 no. No, this will be great. It's um, it practically qualifies as like a breaking news episode, um, I guess, oh, is a little nice. tongue in cheek. Uh, but I just want to, um, and we can dive right into it if you're if you're good. Um, oh sure. Bringing people online, and and we should. Uh, I need to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and talk about your program a little bit. Uh, but listeners should know that we are putting our heads together uh, because of something that just came up on Facebook and. Uh, I have really enjoyed those Facebook groups and the network that's really nationwide. There's even people checking in from Europe and, and, and such. 
um, that has brought advisors of all experience levels together and, uh, and into common conversation with each other. And that's why we're here today. But before we go down that path, Margie Raper, tell us a little bit about yourself and your program and where you're coming to us from and, and what you're all about in scholastic journalism. Oh my, like that's not an easy summary at all. Um, okay, let's see. My name is Margie Raper. I am from um, McKinney, Texas. I teach at Highland Park High School in Dallas, Texas. So that's a school of about 2,200, 2,300 students. It's um, considered a large 5A school in close to downtown Dallas. And I, oh gosh, I have to do math to figure out the number of years. Basically, I started my career as a broadcast journalist and then then found teaching and actually was a resource English um, special education behavioral unit teacher for four years and actually got to start a journalism program in my hometown school and then went on and opened up uh, Wakeland High School in Frisco back in 2006 and got was at Wakeland for 10 years and got to grow the program from the ground up. And I've been at Highland Park for the past three years. So I feel like I've almost been on vacation the past three years because I went from having five or six preps with photojournalism and journalism one and, and independent study and trying to do some converge media to where I am full-time yearbook. Like I don't think this position exists in the world anymore that I have, um, 80 students on staff, or a little less than 80 students on staff. I do have a combined journalism and photojournalism class, but otherwise the rest of my day are all yearbook classes or editorial leadership classes. And so I, we're, we're a large book. We're a large program. There's 600 pages in our book, about half of that senior ads. So the community that my school is in is, is an affluent. It's a very old part of Dallas, um, very affluent part of Dallas, but we do serve the community that's known as the Park Cities, which is Highland Park and University Park, and it's right around the um, SMU campus. So we have everything from those who work with the university to those who work in downtown. So we have a a range um, in our student body, Um, but I've been lucky to be there for the past three years and I've been enjoying kind of feeling like just getting to like grow, regrow a program and, and turn it into something. And the kids have responded um, just in the short time I've been here. Um, the very first book we did together was a pacemaker finalist. And then the second book we did together are finalists for crowns and pacemakers and star finalists for ILPC here in Texas. So, I mean, they quickly bought into this journalism thing I was selling and I've done beautifully at it. That's, that's just incredible. And that sound that you hear is all of our audience's jaws hitting the floor when they hear about an 80-person staff and a 600-page book. Um, oh, I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, 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 like it's, yeah, it just doesn't exist. Right. And all the joking aside, you you are um, definitely an outlier. If, you, if we were to graph you know, um, school size, staff size, and page count, um, you, I think, would be at, at one extreme. It's kind of outside the cloud. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely an end of a spectrum. And yeah. there, there's a certain situation, like our district has kind of presented itself that way, that there's there's some things that we don't have. Like, I think probably the one that's the most shocking to people is we don't have CTE. Um, this the, They have a, a, it's been a long time onset 
mindset of the school district that they don't want to accept federal funding. And so we don't actually buy into CTE. And so there's actually fewer elective offerings. And I think that's what kind of benefits. It's not like I have some magic cure-all. That's why all these kids are here. Um, I just think it's they don't have as many elective choices. Right. Granted, they also take, they'll take my class in like seven AP classes. So that also is a thing. Right. right. Um, well, it's, um, and, and that, 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 uh, recognition that your program is fairly unique is not at all um, disparaging or offered that way and certainly not um, does not discount you from today's conversation which I, I love because the thing that I want to talk to you about is something that it looks like a lot of people are experiencing and it's from programs that are themselves all over the map both geographically and in page count staff size school size um, I think one of the things that's been a lot of fun for me about this project with the podcast is like everybody comes from different backgrounds, but we have so many of the same problems. Um, and and so hearing from an advisor like you and and I should we should probably say on the front side, you and I haven't talked about what we're going to talk about and we don't have any solutions. We're experiencing oh, this gosh, issue, too. No. Um, so uh-huh. this is just kind of like, you know, Mike and Margie chat and let's see what comes of it. Um Let's dive in. The, the thing that brought us here um, is our colleague and friend, Brenda Ward-Field, uh, just an all-star advisor, former uh, advisor of the year out of uh, Chicagoland, posted uh, under 90 minutes ago on Facebook. We're recording this on March 1st. Um, and I'm just going to read her post, and, and maybe we, you and I can just dive in, and, and we'll see where this goes. She says, in the past few years, uh, but especially this year, we've been encountering more and more students who don't want to be interviewed or who asked to be, quote, interviewed, on close quote, over text instead of in person or on the phone. We also, do seem, we also seem to have more cases where a staffer, when trying to conduct a caption interview, and armed with a, emphasis Mike's, wonderful photojournalistic image of the source, <laughs> is then told, the interviewer is then told, I don't want to be in the yearbook. And then she essentially goes on to say, what's up with this? Is this generational? Is this something that's recent with you guys? Are you seeing? And... Just before I drove home today from school, I, this hit my feed, and there's people from all over the country chiming in, raising their hands. Yep, me. Yep, our staff is yep. seeing this. You did it too. I did it too up here in New York, and I, I don't know what I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, and and I don't know how to respond. But we're absolutely seeing the same thing. Um, tell me a little bit about how that's impacting your staff. Well. Um... Actually, my reaction to this was a little bit of like, yes, same here. But then at the same time, I'm like, okay, good. It's not just my school. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, um, I I laugh because since I haven't been there very long, I do have this distinct memory. Like within my first month of being there um, over two years ago, and they didn't do interviews. They did these things known as quote sheets. And it was basically, they'd give somebody this quote sheet and have them like write down what they wanted to say in the yearbook. They didn't actually go through the interview process. So here, one of my main missions was just getting them out and getting them talking to people and working through like I mean, one of my favorite things to use to teach interviewing is like Humans of New York. And we were working through all this. And finally, just one girl just raised her hand and says, we don't like to go that deep. We like to be shallow. <laughs> <laughs> just was like i think it's one of those moments in the classroom i was just like did i just hear that right quote of the year that's fantastic so i still have this in my mind like whenever somebody like says like they don't want to be in the yearbook or they don't want to be quoted or they don't want to be included my mind keeps going back to like they just they're just not comfortable like this isn't just the culture but in reality yes they 
and seeing everybody's responses, I mean, between like Lisa Stein over at Bryant and I mean, just spot on, of course, it's so much about them, like wanting to control their image and wanting to control. It's all about control. It's all about control um, and how much they get to edit and how much they can put their best selves out there. But then also, I think a little bit of part of this is also these are the tech savvy generation where maybe the messages we've actually been trying to hit the, put on them about control your online footprint, control your image, uh, be mindful for scholarships and resumes and things like that, that they're just a little fearful um, of what image is out there to the world. Because yep. um, I do think about like, for example, um, good friend way way westbrook down at saint mark's saint mark's like they won't have social media like it's just known um that they don't they won't do that because it's so much about controlling their image and what what can can be presented out and and just wanting to protect the the safety to interject are you talking about the the school or the yearbook or the students won't won't engage on social media the school and the yearbook okay because they're yes. curating their their uh, how they represent the school and the yearbook out in the community pretty tightly. Yes. Okay. Um, and I know that's that's common. It's a, it's a pretty common thing amongst some private schools and things like that. But they were the first one that kind of made me pause and go, "Oh, I see why." Okay. And you had chimed in, um, and I've got the feed open here. This is within the the yearbook network. It's one of the great, uh, f- fantastic uh, network groups on Facebook. Um, Lisa Stein, you noticed she's up. It's Arkansas, right? Right, in Bryan, Arkansas, yeah. yes. Uh, it took over from Margaret Soros? Oh, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Lisa had said, we had the same issue. My writers had several students refuse interviews or say they didn't want to be in the book, um, including a girl who was in this gorgeous photo we were going to use for the divider. She suspects part of it's generational in that these kids have been curating their online personas for so long. And Brenda chimed back, yeah, you have somebody take 10 selfies in a row to get just the right one before it goes out. Um, this thread is incredible reading. Like I want to screenshot oh, it, yes. and I mean, it's just it's fascinating. And it, but but it makes sense. But it's really dispiriting and and discouraging too, because you know I I will interject, and and I wonder if you've had this experience. Um, and and a different advisor, I should scroll down, has done the same thing as me. Uh, in that my kids will come back and say, oh, um, John Smith didn't didn't want to be interviewed. He I didn't get any great quotes from him. Well, first of all, if a kid comes back to me and says, I didn't get any great quotes, I'm going to guess first they asked terrible questions. Um, yeah, that's not and, a good interview. And didn't, right, right. And didn't pursue. But if a kid says, no, he he didn't want to be interviewed, he didn't want to be in the book, my line for probably better than a decade is, of course, he wants to be in the book. He's just playing too cool for school. You know, did you... Um, did you approach? I tell my kids they have to act like uh, the Discovery Channel, uh, uh, like lions, you know, and 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 predators hunting. In that, if you go to a circular table of lax bros in the cafeteria to approach one of them for an interview, he's gonna kind of flaunt and and you know go bravado in front of his buddies, and because it's not cool to be interviewed for your book, so he's gonna decline. You've got to say, hey, Joey, come over here with me for a second. You got to thin the herd. You got to get the kid away from. You know all those other students that would would um, you know cause him not to 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 want to perform and you know be on display in the yearbook. Um, if you can get him away from the herd, then you can go in for the attack. You know to finish off the analogy. Um, but I, when I get this feedback from my kids, I put it back on them first, and I wonder how you would react to that, Margie. Of of you know is I don't want to you know blame the victim, but do our 
staff members need to own some of this first and really make sure that they're on their game and that they're introducing themselves and, and making the approach both journalistically but, but responsibly and maturely student to student. And not just what I see happen. Sometimes the kids walk up to the other kid and say, "Hey, uh, Joe, can you uh, can you tell me about the homecoming dance?" And like that's their lead. And I'm like, "What are you doing? You've been trained better than that." Does that make sense to you at all? Oh yes, oh yes. And it's every time they come back with the same kind of thing. It's immediately like it's the teacher mode. Like, con- like okay, give me some context. Like, what did you say? Right. Yes. How did you approach yes. it? Like, you you kind of feel a little guilty for like going all inquisitor on them but it's like okay i need to get in my head the situation just so i can understand like maybe give you some perspective of what the student's kind of thinking that did you do something to turn them off or did how did you engage in this conversation and i find like that usually the ones that are slipped up like for example just this week we had one involving a tennis story and they said like this isn't like like i don't want to talk about this this is not a story well and i said okay we have like asking the questions how did you approach them how did it then well then she admits like oh i did it by text message and it's like well that's your problem (laughs) like there's your first problem and can you tell um, a text a texted quote when you see it come up and copy oh oh gosh yes what what are the hallmarks for you what are the triggers um usually the hallmarks are it's not a complete sentence okay (laughs) that's usually something or you can definitely tell that they've um they they miss the noun they miss uh they usually don't speak in complete thoughts or don't type in complete thoughts they miss the subject um i find they i find they get flowery right like if you if a kid texted a kid and said like what do you think of the pep rally he's like i think the pep rally was a fantastic experience for our student body and made me feel like part of the broader community i'm like there is no way a teenager said that extemporaneously yeah oh yeah uh, and well, that's the, the other side of it is they almost like restate the entire thing. Sure. Like you can tell the question that was asked because they rephrase it. So yes, that too. Um, there's a lot of, a lot more adjectives that probably are used or I don't know. It just feels very choppy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So do you, and, and I, you might've mentioned this already. I think, I, I think you had Heather Torres in the thread said that she has her students, let her know when this happens, then Heather, as the advisor, pulls the kid in on their turf, intervenes, and this is Heather speaking, maybe, you know, hey, John, great to have you up here. My student Monica over here needs to talk to you real quick about a thing. And by doing that kind of soft handoff and interjecting as an advisor, that that increases their hit rate. That, yes. And I usually, before I go that route, it's usually three or four tries down the line. But you, what we do is, um, of course, like we always want to be good sound journalists. So it's, you've got to get them on site. You've got to get them on situation. You've got to get them coming off the field on their terms. And kind of like you said, like maybe if you have to catch them in the cafeteria, you thin to hurt a little bit, pull them off to the side. Um, but the more comfortable, more at ease, the better. But after they've kind of made effort or even I'm okay with them FaceTiming each other, things like that. But when we get to three or four tries and we can't get to them, we actually do these things. We call them, we want you slips. And it's a way, it's almost like the office pass. We deliver it to their class and it, luckily all our yearbook classes, except for one are during lunch times. So we basically have this, we want you slip that breaks down what we need the person for. We need them for a photo. We need them for an interview. And here's the best times for us, 
for them to come in, but what would be the best time for them? And it's almost like a teacher's pass, an offer's pass that gets them if they're not doing any the class to come down to our room and then I, we can go in the office, they can go to the, the ad room, they can go other places and just do it on those terms. Um, also we will use those same things as well as trying to catch during like team time practices, group meetings. And so we're real big on focus groups too. Yes. I know kind of like, like what you said with, um, keep it thinning the herd and, and keeping them away from the bro table. Um, but at the same time we do, when we start trying to find stories, we're big fans of focus groups, bringing in two or three baseball players together and just letting them talk and the dynamics kind of work themselves out. And hopefully we can get a lot done in those things. Right. But when it's those individual type situations, if we can't catch them out in the field, then we use those, we want you slips. And those have been really helpful um, unfortunately, sometimes they become a crutch, but they are still pretty helpful. I, I think too, um, somebody had chimed in about Instagram uh, and somebody, students got frustrated with the yearbook staff because pictures showed up on Instagram and the student hadn't given permission for their picture to be taken or their picture to be posted on social media. And That's it, actually us. Yeah, that, that was my post. Oh, oh, forgive me. Sorry. I was I didn't skim uh, deeply enough. Let's unpack that a little bit. And, and I've got I, I am not not a lawyer. I am not the Student Press Law Center. They are phenomenal, splc.org. Uh, and also check out our episodes about new voices because I know you guys are rocking in Texas. Um, but that's a different episode. <laughs> what, what are the dynamics at play of, um, I'll, I'll, I'll cast this and, and then hand it off to you, uh, local sports reporter and photographer uh, or, or broadcast uh, reporter shows up at your uh, basketball game and there's a brief shot of the student section or cheerleaders or whatever that ends up on the nightly news on the sports recap it could end up on the news's uh instagram feed um incidentally uh there's no reasonable assumption of privacy in a public space like that public venue like that so what are the dynamics at play when a scholastic media staff yearbook newspaper or otherwise has uh, a photo from the student section that runs in the yearbook or on the newspaper or footage runs on the broadcast what are the concerns uh when that photo or that footage ends up on in a social media feed um I tend to take a liberal kind of like do it and ask forgiveness later approach until I get told that I'm wrong. And maybe a lawyer can chime in here. Maybe you, you've got some background and experience here. But that shot uh, of the student section ending up in the yearbook, none of the kids in the student section can tell my kids that photo can't run. I don't give you permission. I do wonder, and I'm, I'm getting more and more keen by the moment on this, to find out a little bit more about the social media sphere and what guidance you know, the SPLC or somebody else does have for kids running photos of their classmates out uh, on social media and, and permissions and things like that. Why don't you um, color your experience a little bit, share your experience with the audience a little bit on this? Well, um, in, in Texas, I'm assuming like a lot of schools are the same way that you have the do not release list. You have the part of the enrollment packet and it's the releasing of your public information uh, address, phone number, things like that to between colleges, recruiters and other things that solicit the school for student information. And that's all part of the enrollment packet that students have to do every year. And several years ago, we started getting more and more um, high numbers when I was at Wakeland, uh, high numbers of students filling out the do not 
um, release list. And so we actually started, all the journalism teachers started visiting with the district communication office on how that wording was in the enrollment packet, because we felt like it kind of read funny that it made people think that they were selling, we were selling their information or we were giving it out to people um, that would want it or that might have not safe means Right. safe usage of it. And so um, we worked with them on how that language was. But through our conversations with the district, we were talking about like, what exactly is this? Because the language, just, they, it was pretty much reading like for broadcast, for newspaper, for yearbook, for directory, um, that it really kind of helped us understand a little bit more that anything that is a publication and it's tied to the school and it's known as part of the, the program, part of the publication of that program it's up for grabs if they've signed out, yes, we can put their image and their name out there. And so that's how I've operated ever since that, I mean, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, whatever it is, um, we're going to honor that do not release list. And so, but, oh, the other thing through that conversation with the district was any student involved in an extracurricular almost automatically waives that right, right because they put themselves in something that's in addition to the school day. So like your fans in the stands, I mean, there's no control over that, but right. they've elected to be there. They're not required to be there. They've elected. So I, I've always operated itself. The situation, like the two things that are in my mind right now that we were messaged at one was they were, their school safety measures were a big thing that has gone on on our campus. And it just happened to be a photo we put on Instagram about the ID badges. And it was a girl that was in the background of one of the photos. And it's a little awkward looking face she was making. She wasn't aware the camera was there. And she had sent out a message and saying like, this is an embarrassing image of me. Would you mind taking it down? Um, and we didn't have a problem there. Um, but later on we had one with, from a swim contest, like a swim meet, swim competition. And it was two girls. It was a great photo, like girls high-fiving and hugging, which I mean, girls in swim caps and wet in the pool. Um, it was a really cute photo, really great photo. And one of the girls in it messaged and said, I, I didn't give you consent to publish this. I want you to take it down now. And I was like, Whoa, Nelly, hold on. Right. Right. <laughs> so we went in and took it down, but that was a time we actually called the girl in and had a conversation with her because she, we think she just didn't quite understand it. And we wanted to have an opportunity to um, do a little public relations. And, and not challenging you on it, but I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Um, you did decide, or the kids did decide to, to take it down. Um, can you unpack that? Uh, just a little bit are you worried at all about precedent in the future and and you know word getting out that if students push back you guys will pull things down or do you think it's just a one-off well i think in the case of um i I, i'm not going to take a hard line on this and i let the the editors really kind of make the judgment call here and i i played a little devil's advocate with them like what if we set this precedent what are we going to keep doing but they all came back with kind of the same thought is if we were in this situation, if we were embarrassed by this, if it was causing us attention we didn't want, um, how do we think we would feel? And and is it a sign of respect and goodwill to our student body that we would take it down um, okay. and we respect that? And so it was just basically, this is a, plus our social media, like we're only on Instagram right now and, and we've just been working on uh, 
just building the journalism integrity of our Instagram and, and building a following. So it was just a way of showing respect and, and good public relations. Which brings me to, I think, a, a nice place maybe that we can wrap this brief chat up. You, you don't want to tick off your audience. <laughs> right, and, right. And, and so that has always been inherent in a pretty frustrating conversation with my staff when we confront these issues of kids declining or um, you know, again, don't want to participate in the interview, don't run that photo of me, take this photo down off of Instagram. You know, how do we mentor and facilitate and advise our students, our staff, and our student journalists to uh, engage with their audience and recognize, you know, it could be it could be this topic. I, I will say, sorry, uh, uh, train of thought. We've had kids say, I don't want to be interviewed about this. I want to be interviewed about something else. I wonder if you guys have run across that at all. Like this, this story you're coming after me about, you know, my favorite, my favorite pair of shoes doesn't matter to me. I'd much rather talk to you about my dog or my knitting club or my travels to Costa Rica. Um, that's come up a couple times for us in the last uh, two years uh, at different times. Have you guys ever experienced that at all? Yeah, we like I've experienced it several times over throughout the years, and. Um... One thing at the beginning of the year, a big fan of like during the registration days and the portrait days in the beginning, trying to do a little bit of like a student survey, student entrance inventory, Mm -hmm. where you can kind of get this going list of like where people label themselves, where people prioritize themselves, rank themselves. And that kind of helps a little bit when they start dividing out coverage and thinking about possibilities of stories. And then later on when they're actually out there and you've got this miscellaneous module about like what's your like the lame topic of like, what's your favorite memory of the season and realizing like you're kind of shoehorning a kid into a story. Right. And that's where like, just pound, like I try to pound into their head so much the importance of like, before you ever start making coverage decisions is that you focus group with these teams and organizations just so you, and we do beat, beat reporting and beat questionnaires, everything that we can front load resources in the beginning so that we're not making news judgment calls on students and trying to shoehorn them into coverage. And that's, helps a lot with it but there have been situations where like i don't know what you're talking about uh, i don't want to be a part of this or and that's where i've tried to get them trained to okay you don't want to be here for this story like tell me something that you how do you else do you see yourself in the yearbook so maybe there's another place we can find them um the other thing what was we just had this come up last last week um we have this group of boys that have a YouTube channel uh, and um, they do like parkour videos and they're funny and entertaining. And I didn't even think people still did that. And, and, and they actually like went out and interviewed them and came back with a great interview and were excited. Well, then the boys came back later and said like, well, we're kind of embarrassed. We don't like, we kind of just do that amongst ourselves. We don't want that in the yearbook. And so that one is when we're trying to kind of pace out and work through and what we're trying to work with them is, it's like, hey, just let us put the story together and then see it um, and kind of judge then. Uh, so let, let me interrupt later. and ask you a, a clarifying question. Would you, in that case, is it more important to you that your kids might include the story so you would show them the entire story and the picture package? Or do you only reveal quotes? Because we've had kids want to kill our coverage or, or we've had kids want to approve 
the story that they're going to be in, which is like, no, yes. nope. <laughs> so, so talk to me about that decision-making process. Well, I think that's anytime you can welcome them into the newsroom. Right. Like, um, it's more it, PR, like, right? It's just more PR okay. and it's okay. really opening them up to like the culture of our classroom and where they can see us work yes, and yeah, they can see yeah. the decision-making. And I think that's kind of talking about like media literacy and fake news and kind of the culture that is, um, what our nation's like as journalists, the more we can be transparent and like, here's what our judgment, here's what our thought is. This is why we're wanting to do this. Um, even if they turn around and tell us no, and it's disappointing, we've had a communication channel. Right. And, and I think that's just important. It, I think it educates, it helps my kids learn to be advocates for themselves mm-hmm. and, yep. and really develop their own voices as like, here we are as reporters and here you are as the audience, but we're also valuing our audience and letting them know, like, we want to make sure you see yourself in here and we're not the experts on everything. We've got to get them for vocabulary and making sure we're we're working through it. Okay. But I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, and I apologize for, for interrupting. I, I am a huge star Wars fan and there is a absolutely a Jedi mind trick that I try to train my kids to perform with their classmates, which is, Johnny, we are so excited to tell your story. We can't wait to have you up in the lab for that shoot and blah, 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 blah. Or uh, after you know we've done the interview, produced the package, if we do need to do some outreach or we just have the opportunity that the kid you know shows up in the hallway, I'll, I'll say, hey, come on here. I want to show you something. Look at how great this all came together. And us front-loading the positives, it's a little bit of a schmooze, but you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It, it helped. And the kid's like, wow, that, that really does look good, you know? And, and that absolutely helps. So no, I totally agree with you there, right? Just that yeah. approval of like, are we bringing them into our environment to give us then permission to do our jobs? I always hesitate a little bit, but I really like how you framed that. Yeah, it is. It is definitely, it is a fine line you walk and we're, I think that what helps is the fact that if we're using news judgment and we're using our journalism judgment skills, I mean, it's not just a matter of, um, that breaking news, hard news kind of element that everything we do is pretty much soft news. It's that human interest. So I think the more we can engage the human that's interested, um, it's just going to make for better storytelling. Um, and now we are very careful about like, they can't change their quotes. They can't alter things. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of clarification in terms of context, but it's not, we're not giving them editorial control. Right. Right. Well, listen, uh, Margie Raper here on this Friday evening. Uh, thank you so much for this like breaking oh, news welcome. podcast. This is uh, this is this is perfect. I um I had shared with you online like woe is me. You know, we just got back from Hawaii, a little bit of self care, and uh, I, ha- I was like, I, I got to get a podcast out that was this week, and uh, and here it is on Friday. It'll be up Saturday, and I'm just so grateful for you sharing your perspective and expertise with the Yearbook Wise audience. Oh, well, thanks. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be able to help out. That's great. It's a great chat. And tell me, uh, you are, uh, you're, you're engaged with TAJE, uh, Texas Association of Journalism Educators down in Texas, a powerhouse organization, right? 
down there? Yes, I am. I am proud to. I am currently serving as the president of TAJE. Well, so to say um, you serve is a little bit of an understatement, but thank you for yeah. clarifying. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the movements um, that are that are happening, uh, the momentum that's building with with new voices, and just share that with our audience just briefly. And new voices for folks who don't know is the nationwide grassroots nonpartisan movement to. Uh, enshrine the tinker standard of uh, freedom of speech and press at state legislatures to better protect our our nation's student journalists. So New Voices Texas is uh, is getting rolling, right? Yes, yes. Well, and I feel I'm such a sh- I'm so ashamed because I have been in the 600 page yearbook hell that I'm not as engaged in the conversations. But I will say, like last week, a lot of movement happened very very quickly because there was a drafting deadline. Um, for um, and to have bills filed, and Leah Waters at Heritage High School, who is also our state director, and David Door at Aikens High School down in Austin in the Austin area. I mean, they're two amazing advisors All-stars. and advocates. Absolute and, yeah, and part of this conversation, but and of course Neha and Haley and Bethany and all the students who are part of this, basically. Um, the man who started this all, Carlos Briano from the El Paso area, who started the original conversation with Senator Jose Rodriguez in El Paso uh, over, I mean, it's been nearly three years ago, who actually brought forth the first bill in the 2016, or I'm sorry, 2017 legislative session. Um, Carlos was able to get Senator Rodriguez back then. Well, when Carlos found out we had a need for a house representative to, to sponsor a bill. Carlos didn't hesitate. He, when he left the classroom, he started working for the El Paso Fire Department and actually built a lot of contacts with government officials in the El Paso area. So he reached out. He'd actually worked with uh, Representative Mary Gonzalez's home or family, and he knew her and reached out to her, her press secretary and said, "Like, here's the need. I'm sorry, it's really short notice, but we were wondering if you'd be willing to do this." And within, I mean, 48 hours, she jumped right uh, on it. Uh, Representative Gonzalez filed the bill, the motion or the bill on Friday. So we have a House version as well as a Senate version. And even then, they've reached back out and. I know the Senate version is going to get some revisions. The House bill has um, amendments just to bring, because our current bill is not to the SPLC standard. So it's got some amendments and some work it needs, but it sounds like all the parties involved are really excited for it. Then even even better news last week, um, PJ Cabrera at Judson High School, his students were actually invited to the Texas Association of School Boards winter conference and they presented about new voices because that's a big, I know it's a big endorsement that we need. We really need the Texas association of school boards to be on board with this. And they, his principal and his superintendent are big fans of his program and said, Hey guys, you really guys need to come out and talk to these administrators about this. And sure enough, the, the kids, they got to go to Galveston last week for their winter conference and present. So exciting things happening. They've got a new lobby day coming up in a few weeks and just, uh, we're of course reaching out to the house education committee, just doing whatever we can to get a hearing. Well, so you said you didn't know much, but I think you just gave <laughs> us the, uh, the full rundown. 
And certainly those of us at New Voices New York are, are cheering you guys on heartily. I was just on the phone with Neha Madeira last night, actually. She is uh, just an all-star kid and uh, an incredible Oh, amazing, amazing person. Yeah. So listen, friends, those of you listening to me and Margie kind of vamp here on New Voices, if you want more <laughs> details, uh, you can find them at splc.org. Uh, top right link says New Voices clears a bell. And uh, certainly you can reach out to either of us. I'll post our contact information in the podcast description if you want more details about your state or Texas or New York. Um, Margie, I think that's as good a place as any to leave it. Thanks again for being on the YearbookWise podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you. And thank you for all you do for journalism teachers everywhere. I know we all depend on this podcast. It's a good, with my commute, it's a great thing to listen to in the morning. So thank you. My pleasure. It's been a real treat. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you.